It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, man. Anything's yeah. possible. Rainy days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway, a Kyrie when he make a trade, and nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you gotta repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen after every game is very important, Millie. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making this part of your daily routine, even on this Thanksgiving. If you're listening to this on Thursday, maybe you're listening to this on Wednesday night, Thanksgiving Eve, but whatever it is, especially today, we want to thank you for making us part of this daily routine, for bringing us along with your family, with your friends, or maybe by yourself, we're not here to judge. Maybe you're listening in a place where Thanksgiving means nothing to you. But for the majority of you who are listening, thank you for making us part of your Thanksgiving Day routine. I am John Corrales of the Rain and Jays, here tonight, solo, once again. Uh, just a thing that's happening just recently, but we'll be back full staff after the, uh, after the break, after Thanksgiving and everything. And we're here, I am here, we are all here, you're here, to say goodbye to the Celtics' 16-game winning streak because for the first time in more than a month, a calendar month, the Boston Celtics have <clears throat> lost? Okay, sure, let's go with it. The last loss for the Boston Celtics came on October 18th against the Milwaukee Bucks. Since then, 16 straight wins, but tonight the Boston Celtics got down by as much as 18 points, which I believe is their biggest deficit on this streak. I think... The previous biggest deficit was 17 to the Warriors. But here we are, unable to come all the way back. And they, they tried. They really, really tried, the Celtics did, to come all the way back. They got so close, so, so close. They had this thing down to one with 314 left. And then... Free throws really hurt the Celtics. Marcus Smart went one for two from the line. Al Horford went 0 for two. In the middle of that, Dion freaking Waiters hit a three, and it was basically a Dion Waiters night. Dragic killed the Celtics, but it was really Waiters that it felt like Waiters was doing most of the damage. Dragic had really a tremendous night, 27 points, 
Eight of seven shooting, nine of ten from the line, two of four from three. Waiters jacked up a ton more shots, eleven of twenty-four. None of his numbers are better than Dragic's, but it was Waiters that just made the memorable shots. So, ding dong, the streak is dead. Kyrie Irving, twenty-three points, three steals, three assists, a rebound. Jason Tatum, eighteen points. Seven rebounds, four assists, 14 for Morris, 14 for Jalen Brown, who fouled out. Not his best game overall. Really, the Celtics, and and, uh, I'll I'll bring up Al Horford, seven points, nine rebounds, four assists. Tough. Hasn't been able to get it going the, the past few games. Tough one, tough one for the Celtics. Look. I said in my halftime, and I said on the big jab in Portland, if the Celtics get down big to the Miami Heat, they're not going to be able to come back. Too many closers on this team. Too much heart. They are. They they, they do have talent. They're not a, a an exceptionally great team, but they have a lot of talent. They have guys that can do good things. They're well coached. They have. Uh, they're a team that that does not give up. So they they will do. They will do things that help win games, and and they did that tonight. The Celtics, though, weren't able to recover. They just weren't able to recover from a lot of the mistakes. So many self-inflicted wounds. I mean, first of all, they shot pretty poorly throughout the game. Uh, it wasn't until the second half, the fourth quarter in particular, where they, they were able to, to step it up. They shot just about 53% in the second half. So when you look at their first half numbers, that is pretty gross to shoot 53% in the second half and to shoot 41% overall. That's that means your first half was pretty bad. And I would give you the first half numbers, but I'm having technical difficulties. So we knew this was coming. They're they were going to lose. It's Okay, they finally popped up. 33% in the first half. Ugh. Less than 28% from three. We knew this was coming. And I don't want to dwell too much on what brought this about because it was bound to happen. It was bound to happen. These guys are, are on a, a road trip here. They've been playing every other day, literally, almost literally every other day. And really the only time they haven't played every other day is when they're playing a back-to-back. And I'm just going to work backwards. So they played, it's on Wednesday, Monday, Saturday, Thursday, Tuesday, Sunday, Friday, Wednesday, Monday, Sunday, Friday, Wednesday, Monday, Saturday. I mean, look, every other day. All the way, basically, to the beginning of the win streak. That's not sustainable. No practices, no time to hone any skills, no time to work together, no time to figure out certain things that may not be working in the offense. Barely any time to rest. That's... To keep winning throughout that, and not only keep winning, but to keep winning after getting down as big as they've gotten down, 
that's just not sustainable. So the Celtics lose, and let's just, rather than go too deep into a lot of the things that happened tonight, it's Thanksgiving. Let me just go through a couple of the things that I'm thankful for during this streak. Things that I'm thankful for that happened, that I think are sustainable and can carry on as we move forward in the season. So, firstly, I am thankful that Jason Tatum has shown remarkable poise and is able to make a ton of great plays. He, he did it tonight. He did a lot of good things tonight. Blocks, steals, scoring with with poise. And, and we've seen in this streak that he is probably going to be a very special player moving forward. You know, for a kid that's 19 to be averaging 14 points a game coming into this. And then tonight he had 18. So he's going to raise that average a little bit, but to be averaging 14 points a game, shooting about 50%, shooting 46% from three, just spectacular. So I'm thankful that we got to see Jason Tatum emerge as a strong candidate for rookie of the year. Now, of course, Ben Simmons is doing crazy things. So we can at least say that Jason Tatum is very clearly the best player in his draft class. So that I'll take. Considering that Danny Ainge traded the Brooklyn pick to move down and then get either the Lakers pick, if it conveys, or the Sacramento pick, you know, to get Tatum, it just, I love that we've seen throughout this stretch Tatum not only be a a pretty good rookie, but to make key plays that helped win a lot of these games. Hell, he almost won this game. I'm also thankful that Jalen Brown has emerged as a very strong two-way player in the NBA. Now, tonight was not his best defensive night. I will admit that. But they're not all going to be winners in an 82-game season. Everybody has a bad day at work. So that's okay. I'm glad to see that Jalen Brown has stepped up. And at, like I said in the, in the past podcast, and as I've written on Boston.com, Jalen Brown has more than made up for the absence, the departure of Avery Bradley. So on this Thanksgiving, I'm thankful to have those two guys at 19 and 21 years old as future cornerstones of this franchise. I mean, those guys, those two guys alone are going to carry this team. And they have a ton of potential as two-way players. Jalen Brown has a ton of potential as a two-way player in the NBA. I'm also thankful that despite a slow start, that Kyrie Irving has shown a renewed kind of 
enthusiasm for expanding his game. And and maybe that's not the, the best way to put it, and it's it may not be fair to put it that way. It, he may have just been doing what Teron Liu has been asking him to do. But I am pleasantly surprised. As a person who said that I wasn't interested in the Kyrie Irving trade, that I was very happy to keep Isaiah Thomas, to look at what Kyrie Irving has done on this team, he has... Beyond, you know, trying on defense, which I didn't think he was capable of doing, he has shown a a very strong willingness to be a part of the overall offense and to make other players better, to be a true point guard, which he said coming in, and he's staying true to his word. And I would much rather be wrong that way than be overly hyped about somebody and have it just fall apart. <clears throat> like I was about RJ Hunter. Anyway. <clears throat> but I, I'm very happy that Kyrie Irving, through this stretch, has shown a strong leadership and the ability to take over when needed generally, but also to find guys and make sure that everybody has the ability to be their best on offense as best as he can control it. Now, of course, the offense still struggling, but I, I am confident that these guys are good enough to work that out. I want to also say that I'm thankful for Danny Ainge putting together a team that has been just one giant success story. When you go on down... The, the decision to trade a Brooklyn pick for Kyrie Irving seems like it's making sense. It makes sense. I don't want to say no-brainer, but it definitely makes sense. And when you look at Brooklyn, 6-11, and 11, but that's better than a few teams out there, and they have the ability, they have some talent to maybe – Jump a few spots, especially when you think of the Clippers dealing with a ton of injuries, the Jazz dealing with a ton of injuries, the Suns being terrible. Those are a bunch of teams. I mean, there's already four teams worse, Dallas, Atlanta, Chicago, Sacramento. I don't think they're going to surpass the Nets. The Clippers and the Jazz may just fall into a rebuilding situation through no fault of their own. Although the Clippers, I mean, you kind of had to know what you're getting into with some of these guys, but Pat Patrick Beverly was not supposed to be one of the injury-prone guys, and he ended up being lost for the season tonight. Uh, surgery on his knee. So, the Brooklyn Nets pick may not be great, and the Nets at 6-11 and and the Lakers at 8-10, and they're not that far off. If the Lakers, if something happens with the Lakers, maybe they fall apart later on. Or, look, injuries are always a possibility with everybody. Kyle Kuzma falls apart, comes back down to earth. That Lakers pick could end up ultimately being better than the Nets pick. How crazy is that? Think about that. So Danny Ainge has constructed a team that may actually benefit from them trading that pick away 
he might have traded that prize Brooklyn pick and gotten a better pick back. And Kyrie Irving. And, oh, by the way, Jason Tatum. I mean, that's that's pretty good. And to think that he's hit on Aaron Baines and Daniel Tice and Shemi Ojale, I, I think that lots of, lots of credit to Danny Ainge. And Brad Stevens, of course. We're completely thankful for Brad Stevens. I mean, he's... He is the one thing above all else, the one person above all else for whom we are thankful because Brad is the team's MVP, really. And to see him in the, in the last game in um, Dallas, to call a timeout at the end of the game, specifically to – Tell Kyrie Irving, this is how we do things. you got to go for a two-for-one in a situation where the game is tied and you have the ball and it's 35 seconds left. you got to go and get a good shot right away. Or the best shot you can right away. I think that shows a willingness. This is a guy in Stevens who has complete faith, confidence in his job. Like He's not thinking about... Oh boy, if I do this, what what's my job going to be? Which I hate to say it, but a lot of these coaches may think like, okay, you got to keep these these players happy. You got you can't call a timeout on Kyrie in this situation because he's clearly trying to cook right here. He's clearly trying to go out there and win this game for us. He's going to score. The South is going to go out there and play defense, and Kyrie's going to get all the shine for hitting the shot that put the game put the Celtics up. And Brad Stevens like, nope, that is not how we want to do it. So he calls a timeout, and he, he goes right to Kyrie, and he says, you got to go for the two-for-one. That is a guy who has zero fear of being called into his GM's office or called into an office by the owner. Zero. Because he's got complete job security, as well he should. And he knows, that this is my team. I coach this team. As much as you can have that in the NBA, but you guys know what I'm talking about. So, I just love that a lot of these things have come together. And quite honestly, the fact that the Celtics are sitting here at 16-3, and after all of this, young guys, injuries, losing Hayward for the season... Concussion to Horford, Kyrie's broken face. To be sitting there at 16 and 3 and be the best team in the league, record wise, anyway, depending. I'm sure Warriors fans might think otherwise, but they're about to get uh, their doors blown off by uh, Oklahoma City. As I speak, they're down by 17 with a minute and a half to go. So, the Celtics are sitting there with the best record in the NBA. What's not to be thankful for? Yes, tonight they lost. But let's focus on the positive on this Thanksgiving. As Daniel Reifler at Reifsey, our good friend and loyal listener, 
says on Twitter with the Rain and Chase hashtag, the loss sucks, but this team is all kinds of fun. Game is never out of reach. Now, we can complain about certain things, and certainly we can get into the I'm, – I'm just not interested on uh, – just tonight, just for tonight, I'm not interested in breaking down all the crap that went wrong. Yeah, we didn't get a lot of calls. Yeah, they made a ton of bad mistakes. Yeah, maybe they looked a little bit lazy. Maybe it was tired, whatever. But in the end, the Celtics are sitting here at 16-3. and And when you look at what's going on in this stupid world sometimes, you have this escape. Your Boston Celtics are in a beautiful position ahead of schedule. They are right now sitting here with the best record in the NBA. Still, even after the loss, the hottest team in the NBA. And a point that I made on the radio earlier today was these guys are giving us something organic and fun. Now, I know not all of you are Boston sports fans. You might be fans of other teams, and and you also like the Celtics. But for the people in Boston especially, we've been spoiled for a long time. Now, I'm old enough to remember the old days when Boston was loser town, and we were, we were like the lovable losers, and oh, the Red Sox got painfully close, but and the Patriots are just kind of always bad. And the, you know, We had the Celtics, but they hadn't won in a while. And the Bruins hadn't won in forever. And we were just kind of like, oh, Boston, what a cursed sports town. And since then, it's just been, look, Patriots have won five times. Celtics have a title. Red Sox have a few World Series championships. Bruins have a Stanley Cup. I mean, it's just been championship after championship. There are people who are out there right now legally drinking in their early 20s. They have no idea what it's like to suffer sports-wise in Boston. The expectations have just been, you got to win, you got to win, you got to win. And the Celtics, through the Hayward injury, all of a sudden all the expectations were gone. Five minutes into the season, Hayward's ankle was gruesomely disfigured, lost for the season, and we all said, well, there that goes. There goes the season. Forget it. It's over. And after that game, all of the pundits, all of the experts, people like me, I said it. I wasn't sure where the hell we were going. I was having debates on Twitter about whether we could still hold on to home court. All the expectations went away. And it was just, all right, let's just see what the young kids have. And then they go on a 16-game winning streak. And it's organic and fun and frustrating, but the comebacks are just all that much more satisfying because they don't make any damn sense. And in the end, you look like Bill Walton after Larry Bird made the steal against the Pistons, hands on your head, swinging your arms, going, I don't know how it happened, but I'm going to enjoy it. So, I'm going to just sit here and say thank you, Boston Celtics, for giving us this thing that we could all enjoy that's been the talk of the NBA. It's been fun. So, the streak is over. 
I think there are things that are very sustainable. I think Brad Stevens has a thing that he can go back to the guys and say, okay, now do you understand that you can't get down so big? Now can we go back to playing the right way? Let's go out there and start playing the right way. I think the defense can recover. I think people, this team can just go out and just start focusing on basketball and not have to talk about streaks and not be the focus of the national media anymore, at least not for a little while. So I'm just going to enjoy it, just like you should enjoy your Thanksgiving dinner. And if you're cooking and you're listening, I hope you enjoyed the show. There are a couple of games, Friday and Saturday, a back-to-back this weekend. So we're going to just chill out and have some fun and just enjoy what's coming next. So thanks for listening. If you're not a regular subscriber, please subscribe to the show. If you are, rate us five stars. Give us a good review. Spread the word. Share, share, share. That's the thing. Share it. Tell everybody that they should be listening to us the Locked On Celtics podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Yeah, Jay King and John Corrales. Locked On Celtics. Millie. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feet every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.